Welcome to the Remarkable Relationship Show with Mercy Russell, where we find the wonder in your story. I will be your host for the next hour. I have over 35 years of experience applying the science of relationship systems to my practice of psychotherapy and leadership consulting. My intuitive skills allow me to bring clarity and vision to your challenges. I hope you will be surprised in the next hour. Good morning. This is Mercy Russell with a Remarkable Relationship Show. My goal is to bring a fresh perspective to you on all things related to how humans develop their individual brilliance while navigating the excitement, stickiness, and resistance in their relationships. In my 40 years of working as a psychotherapist and consultant, I have been continually amazed at the ways in which people overcome challenges. I hope to share my experience and insights so that you can find the magic in your relationships. Today, my guest is my friend, Beth. She has been visiting me from Vermont, where we have been friends for 30 years. In our show today, we are going to be talking about her stepfather, Guy Chang, and his impact on her family and the community. Her brother is preparing a talk for the Charlotte Historical Society about Guy, which has brought back rich memories of his legacy. This topic is particularly interesting to me, apart from my own memories of Guy and Beth's family. <clears throat> In my family, my grandmother was married three times. Her second husband, my mother's stepfather, was the only grandfather I knew. He married my grandmother when my mother was seven. My grandmother and my mother had been living in Maniunk, Pennsylvania, which at the time was a working class neighborhood. My mother called it a slum. I don't think it was a slum, but it, they were very poor. And my grandmother was a, had been a teenage mother. So my she when my mother was seven, my grandmother remarried a college professor. He was he brought education and cultural traditions into her life and subsequently into my family. My grandmother's third husband was a retired engineer who brought financial security, a sense of adventure and travel and kindness to our family. <clears throat> After my parents' divorce, my father remarried. My stepmother, personality, experience, sense of humor, and three children expanded our family life in many ways. Divorce and step-parents get a bad rap in our religions, culture, and society. Very few people marry with the intention of getting divorced. Yet, as biological creatures, we are serially monogamous. We're capable of going from one strong attachment to another. Many humans can form emotional and reproductive bonds with more than one partner after the disruption of a prior relationship, whether due to divorce or death. Now, there are some humans that are really more like swans and mate for life. It's one and done. However, this is not the norm 
in human reproductive behavior. There are actually very adaptive advantages from an evolutionary point of view to successive mates with different traits. I think my description of my mother's, my grandmother's husband describes this. These mates bring a broader range of resources into the family, which gives children more options for facing unknown environmental challenges in the future. And this is the evolutionary biological perspective. We are going to talk today about a second marriage and step parenting that provided emotional stability, humor, creativity, and joy to a young family. Whatever your spiritual or religious beliefs, I propose that blended family life can be uplifting and inspiring. So welcome, Beth. Thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you for having me, Mercy. Um, so we got on this topic stimulated by your brother's preparation for talking about your stepfather to the local historical society. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. Um, my brother, who's my second eldest brother, I have three older brothers, and he ended up starting to become a jeweler based on the fact that he had watched my stepfather, who we called Pop Guy, as you've introduced him as, um, who was also a jeweler. And David observed him and took on that as a profession. And so based on that history, people in the community reached out to him to think about what was our pop's impact on the local community and the sharing of his art. Um, my, my stepfather and my brother subsequently um, are real artisans uh, with metal. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so it's been fun to think about how uh, Pop came to this country, and uh, he's a, a man from China. He was born in Tianjin, China. <clears throat> and, and landed in northwestern Vermont. <laughs> Yes. yes. <laughs> right? Yeah, well, he had a few other uh, uh -huh. routes. Right, yeah. right. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to yes. that. Yeah. So um, it's just a very um, rich um, path that he took. Um, <clears throat> Beth, let's, uh, what I'd like to do in sort of just, you know, introducing the your family, because of we're talking also here about Guy's impact on your broader family. Um, to, I, I just would wonder if you could share with our audience just where what your family life was like before Guy came into it. Sure. Um, my mom and biological father uh, were married for roughly... I don't know, 14, 15 years. And their marriage 
uh, fell apart. I was three and my brothers respectively were nine, uh, 11 and excuse me, <clears throat> 13. And so my mom was a kindergarten teacher and she suddenly found herself with four young children with no real means of supporting either herself or us. And the, um, fortunately, my actually my stepmother made sure that we had the alimony check to help us basically survive. Uh, but my brother, one of my youngest brother uh, speaks often of how mom at times didn't even have enough money to pay the milkman. And so it was really her mother, my maternal grandmother, who then stepped in and helped kind of float us along and allowed for my mother to decide to return to um, get a doctorate in psychology. She was a very smart woman and she figured she could use her brain to somehow navigate uh, into a position that would provide a steady employment for her and help secure our family financially. So mom had started that program at the time in which she met Pop. Um, and your grandmother moved into the house, is that correct? She lived with you? For periods of time, uh -huh. yes. She would go between Florida and she'd come up and see her other son, my uncle down in Southern Vermont for a period. And then she would, when mom really needed to focus on her studies and such, she would come and live with us and care for us. Um, well, mom was busy <laughs> getting a doctorate. Right. So, um, <clears throat> Well, just to note, um, <clears throat> so your mother was in this doctoral program when she met Guy, and we're going to, we're not going to jump ahead to that, but right now, just to say, that's what she was doing at the time that he came into your family. Yes. Right. Um, yes. <clears throat> and you, yeah, and you would have been about six years old at the time. Yes. Right. Um. So let's move to Guy and let's, I'd like you to just start to tell the story of, you know, Guy's life before he came into your family. Yeah, well, he was qu quite an amazing person. Um, in, he was born in 1912 in Tianjin, China, and to at the time, really Chinese royalty. His father was an ambassador to the United States for a period of time. And uh, he 
came to the United States to play Davis Cup tennis for China. He was one of two members of the team that came to the States. Um, and so he was a remarkable athlete and tennis player. He figured he was always pretty good because he got to represent China. <laughs> the millions of people. Exactly, even then. Um, yeah, so so he came to the, the country um, for the Davis Cup and then- you know, Beth, he, can you, just a second. Yeah. How did, yeah. can you tell us anything about his life before that and how he developed this kind of interest and drive with tennis that started him out here? Do Good you know question. Uh -huh. No, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how, I don't remember the stories of how he got started with tennis. Mm -hmm. Um, so he came here, do you know what year he came here to compete in the Davis cup? Uh, not off the top of my head. I don't have was it long? Was reference. it Was it long before he came to Vermont or was that just sort of how? He oh, well, so no, what he would, he was ended up doing is he came to play Davis cup and he was getting ready to go back to China and he really didn't want to. And he met this man who connected with him um, a scholarship to Tulane because he wanted to get a degree in business. And so he actually went to Tulane and um, was enrolled in school there and realized he wasn't, going to be able to he needed some means of support so he ended up looking in a magazine uh, of some sort and found that Camp Abnaki uh, outside of Burlington needed a tennis instructor and just to and, mention Camp Abnaki is a YMCA camp for boys Yes. Right. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, and so it's on the shores of Lake Champlain. And so that's what brought Pop to Vermont. And upon arriving here, he met one of the camp, I think he must have been a counselor at the camp. And uh, he befriended him and brought him home to his family and they were a very prominent um, family from Burlington and it turned out that he they just ingratiated and opened their hearts and homes to Pop in fact he, he we would refer to um, the elder mother as grandma Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so it was really lovely. And, and then it, until both of their deaths, he really um, had found this brother mm -hmm. here in Burlington. 
So that's how he came to the area. And then uh, the family was also associated with um, Thompson's, an area in Charlotte uh, that has tennis courts and a tennis club and has um, was an enclave, certainly for many uh, families escaping uh, Washington, D.C. during the summer and the heat and such. So it was old families who had homes um, in this place in Charlotte uh, on the lake. And as it turns out, Pop ended up contracting tuberculosis. And so it was at that point in time, and I'm sorry, I don't have the timeline mm -hmm. um, notes, to reference, he went to the sanatorium uh, across the lake. I don't know if it was Plattsburgh or Lake Placid, what have you. Um, and it was there that he started swirling mm. gold wire and developed his passion for making jewelry. He made jewelry out of it. Okay, <laughs> that's sort of that. There we go. Um, yeah, I of course have more questions. However, it is time for us to take a break. Um, my name is Mercy Russell, and with a remarkable relationship show, I'm here today with my friend Beth, and we're talking about her stepfather and the riches of step parenting and blended families. Uh, we'll be with you right after the break. Do you make a positive difference in the world? Do you have a talent, philosophy, base of knowledge, product or service that you know could help a lot of people if only you could reach them? Join Alternative Talk 1150's family of broadcasters and start walking down a fruitful path. As host of your very own program, dial 425-653-1150 and find out just how affordable it can be to have a show on 1150 AM. That's 425-653-1150. Alternative Talk, we have an opportunity waiting just for you. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash 1150KKNW. Hello, this is Mercy Russell with the Remarkable Relationship Show. Um, I'm here today with Beth, and we're talking about her stepfather and um, his impact on her family and the community. So Beth, we were just, you just, we were just talking about the background of your family and Guy's background before you met him. And he's just started working with gold wire at a sanatorium <laughs> in, yeah. in upstate New York, across the lake from Burlington, Vermont, um, where, where this uh, family takes place. So can you take us from there? Yes. So then what happens is he ends up purchasing uh, one of the one room schoolhouses and opens up a shop on route seven, which was nothing of, uh, you know, the Vermont is a sparsely populated state to begin with, but there was, was very sparsely mm -hmm. populated back in the sixties when he landed there. And and becoming a member of the community, 
he petitioned, he wanted to petition for citizenship. And so the residents of the town got together and signed the petition and he got the support of um, the leadership, the state uh, federal leadership to get one of the first acts of Congress to become a US citizen, which was well, quite remarkable. Yeah, an act of yeah. Congress. Yeah, well, do yeah. You I mean, it was at a time when um, people of Chinese descent were not allowed into the country. Um, and so he was one of the first once it opened back up. Wow. And this would have been in the uh, <clears throat> before he met your mother, like around. Oh, yeah. 1966 yeah, yeah. or something like that. Well, that's when they met. But yeah. so it was in the um, probably the late fifties. Oh, so he was in Vermont for quite a while before your yeah your parents yeah met. Oh, okay yeah yeah he was yeah um, that happened long before mom I think even had any knowledge of him being here. Oh. Uh, but then it was mutual friends who, uh, well, and, and then let me back up. Of course, at the time, my mother was married. Right, um, when he came and started When he was, yep. yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, teaching kindergarten again. So she was very much in education and uh, uh, Pop had adopted his first wife's uh, child, but she wouldn't have, been she was older so she mom wouldn't have necessarily their paths would not necessarily have crossed mm -hmm. if it weren't for these neighbors um or community members who knew that mom would be at a hockey game because my eldest brother was playing hockey and um of course she went to the games and so it was there that she and Pop met. He well, he was playing hockey, correct? No, no, oh, my brother yeah. was. Your brother was, was playing hockey. Uh -huh. Yes, yes. Well, why, and why was Guy, high school team? And why was Guy because the hockey these game? friends and uh -huh. said, "Oh, Guy, you should you should come to a game." And he had an interest in um, hockey, and you know he's very athletic, uh, so he wanted to watch the game and come to find out there was my mother. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and so he um, quickly uh, recognized her special spirit and um, started demonstrating interest in, in dating her. Mm -hmm. And of course, along with mom came four children and a mother. <laughs> um, and he just lit up the room where no matter what the circumstance he he had such a graciousness um as you probably recall to him uh and sense of of kindness and so it was um it was something having 
mom bring him home. And then it was several years later that they married. So, so bad. What, what was that like for you? So you would have been, you know, six years old when this Chinese man comes into the household. What was your, do you have any memories of that time or your brothers or what it was like to? It was very interesting. One of the memories that I often have is Pop would make sure that we had a freezer full of meat. Hmm. <laughs> it's funny which was not something from the local butcher which was not something you know we probably subsided and you know mom was very busy with um, her dissertation project you know she was um, supported by the university so she was doing research for them as well uh, so it was, it was lovely to have pop was kind of brought to us a feeling of calm, safety, and genuine, just caring. Mm-hmm. And you could just tell he loved he just fell in love with us kids he was just so accepting uh and loved my grandmother uh and of course made my mother extremely happy fulfilled her life in a way that was really really special they just had a great time together Mm -hmm. and for a young girl to see her mother um, it, it must have, yeah, it just must have really changed your experience of your mother. I mean, your mother was a lovely person, so <clears throat> I'm not saying that she needed to be improved or anything, but <laughs> but the circumstances, you know, would have had an impact on her. Yes. Oh, yes. Much, um, mm-hmm. you know, there was a certain freedom for which we previously didn't really have it was almost an intuitive sense for me well also um it's interesting because as a step parent he comes in sort of in a, in a sense in the middle of your family life and you had had a different experience before him so when he comes in and brings this sense of caring and protection and providing you know really basic things like meat to eat um you know the difference, right? As opposed to having always had it right. and then taking it for granted. Right. 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 Yes, very much so. Yeah. And then, you know, also the contrast in your mother's joy and, you know, the um, I'm sure the, the relationship he had with your grandmother was an important part. Of, that was an important triangle with your mother. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very did, much so. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, um, now, this is we haven't ever talked about any of this. And actually, I don't know that, you know, you've referred a little bit to it, but not a lot about what it was like for Guy as a Chinese man in a community, I'm sure, with very few other Asians, never mind Chinese or immigrants at that time. 
Well, I think there was, when I grew up, there were basically two families of, of color mm -hmm. right. um, in, in town. So we would have been the third, so to speak, um, in that he wasn't black, but he was uh, Asian. Not white. <laughs> not white. And yeah. a very, very white, white state continues to still be a very white state. Right. Uh, so, you know, he had a way, I, I think in part because of his background of having been raised in a life of privilege that he entered our society or American culture with a different leg up than potentially someone who who just emigrates here. Right. Yeah, that can make, it's almost a, yeah, coming in with a certain social capital or class advantage. Yeah even yes. from his own culture and may not have translated directly in this culture, but it, it is interesting how much um, is similar and can transfer in terms of mannerisms and, you know, social skills, confidence, you know. Um, and, and he was a very handsome, handsome man. Yes. Um, <laughs> so he could um his charm was was very charismatic right um, and, and so it was really the community that embraced him in a way that mm -hmm. didn't peg him as an outsider and then i think the combination of he marrying um a white woman just that would that was not such an ostracizing situation right well and then you can be right but then your mother also came from a multi-generational vermont well-established family <laughs> right yes so yes. she she was just for the you know um she was she's she was a cochran correct no um she was a davis a davis so where's the does she have who's who are the cochran's in your family that was um mom's sister was jenny cochran right so and to to which mercy's referring um this is a um, my cousins my first cousins are are quite famous for their uh, athletic ability in right. Um, skiing. Right. So <clears throat> all, yeah, all to say this family had a presence <laughs> and they were, the um, Cochran's were, you know, were, they were Olympic competitors, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, and then they had a ski, you know, and a really, you know, <clears throat> very popular ski center, which is very popular in Vermont, you know, <laughs> sort of skiing. And um, yeah, sort of really just had a, you know, these, so all to say that he came into the community, you know, you know, sort of um, connected with your mother, 
who was also very, um, but also had deep roots in the community too. Yeah. Right. So that um, kind of that gravity uh, just, you know, it, that spread to him too. Yes. In a way. Yeah. Just thinking kind yes. of theoretically. I, I, um, cause my, um, so then I just want to talk more about his contribution and how did this, so we've talked a little bit about the impact of, on you of his providing security and, um, you know, a sense of safety. Um, tell Just tell us more about <clears throat> the, his particular interests or uh, skills and how, well, you mentioned that he did yeah, as a uh, artisan jeweler and goldsmith, he clearly conveyed his passion for that to your brother. Yes. Yes, very much so. Um, and he was very hard working. Uh, he was an artisan and uh, his initial rings became something that uh, high schoolers sought. Uh, and he would have his little shop and um, right next to the, the store mm -hmm. and he would um, he would make sure he watched the young and the restless every noon hour. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> no, I know it's kind of a cute aside. Um, but he also, he gave tennis lessons. He continued to be, uh, uh, um, had a core group of very uh, affluent local community members. Um, and he would play tennis with them and, and they would, he was always the life of the party and they were always invited to they had a very um, diverse and vast social network mm -hmm. and they were out um, socially uh, very frequently mm -hmm. and so he really enjoyed um, also cooking uh, in fact you recalled for me him giving us a lesson on how to make mushi <laughs> right yeah <laughs> yeah that was so, so he, he loved mm -hmm. to cook they loved to entertain mm -hmm. he would you know cook for 30 at the drop of a hat I mean it was it was work for him to do that but they they did that um he ended up they grew the business so they had a clothing uh, store for a period of time too and they'd have fashion shows and oh. um, you know they just they embraced life in a small community and really just established very deep relationships and friendships with um, various members um, I, I we have to take a break in a minute, but I also want to just 
note too that all during this time your mother finished her doctorate and did she start teaching right away because she became yeah. she became a professor of education yes, at, yes yes um of psychology of psychology yeah at trinity yeah. at trinity college yes at yes. trinity mm -hmm. college then a small girls um catholic school in burlington I often, um, <clears throat> Beth and, well, we got to this eventually, but Beth has a doctorate and I followed Beth into the same doctoral program, but I have always thought of your mother as just an example to me of, <clears throat> you know, of a mother with children and a household who could go and, you know, recraft her career by going into this doctoral effort which yes. you know is it it's a, <clears throat> it's a it's a big deal <laughs> to do at any time in life for anyone no matter what their circumstances so mm -hmm. yeah yeah um yeah so um she was always kind of a guiding light that way so this was taking place in the middle of this sort of rich life she had with guy and uh and everyone so we're gonna yes, take it was mm -hmm. it was quite quite a celebration when she uh, she graduated <laughs> <laughs> I bet uh -huh. yeah for everybody was happy I'm sure <laughs> uh-huh uh -huh. um okay we're going to take another break um and this is Mercy Russell with Remarkable Relationship Show I'm talking with my friend Beth today we're talking about uh, her stepfather step parenting uh and her blend the blended family and we'll be back after the break. Alternative Talk 1150 is your sports organization's safe bet when it comes to airing your team's games. Our players are all seasoned professionals when it comes to sports programming. Imagine your games being heard on local radio. Your team deserves the MVP treatment. Call 425-653-1150 today to learn how affordable and fun it is to broadcast your games on the radio. Call 425-653-1150 and make your next season something special. That's 425-653-1150. Multicultural, multidimensional even. Alternative Talk 1150. Hello, this is Mercy Russell back again with the Remarkable Relationship Show. I'm here today with my guest, Beth. She's my dear friend from Vermont. We've known each other for, I think, 30 years at least. And um, been through all kinds of times in our lives together. And we're talking today about her stepfather um, and you know, generally um, step parenting, as I, I think said earlier in the show, I have a particular orientation to divorce and step parents that I think is relatively positive. This comes from living in my own family and seeing divorce and, and the role of the step parents in our lives. Um, and the and the sort of wonderful emotional and sometimes physical resources that they brought to us and the doors that they opened for us. And it's in this light that Beth and I have been talking. Um, her brother's about to memorialize is about to memorialize her stepfather to a local historical society because of the role he played in their community. Um, <clears throat> her stepfather, um, guy who was an, uh, came from China 
uh, as a Davis Cup tennis competitor and made his way uh, to Northern Vermont where um, he taught tennis, but then also uh, developed the artisanship of being a, a talented jeweler and goldsmith. Um, and in the course of that, uh, became uh, a sort of a, 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 a member of the community, um, was I think the first Chinese citizen to be nationalized as an American. Um, at a time when, they, when, yeah, yeah, when, when they, they opened, opened it. when they reopened that citizenship um, portal. <clears throat> so, and then he met um, Beth's mother, Barbara, and uh, they married and he became the stepfather to three boys and a little girl who was Beth. <laughs> so this is what we've been talking about and about the, um, you know, the resources that the, 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 traits and the kindness and the generosity that he brought into the family. Um, <clears throat> so we were talking about sort of his traits and how that influenced you particularly in terms of giving you this, this experience of calm, safety, caring that was a con and protection. It was a contrast to those years when your mom was a single parent you were sort of living hand to mouth. Your grandmother was kind of coming in to fill the gaps. And, um, but this, you know, sort of um, uh, changed when Guy came and began to fill the freezer with meat and, you know, fell in love with, with you and your brothers. Uh, you know, one question I had in the back of my mind, and I, you know, it's just going to tease you out about it, is uh, what the audience doesn't know is how athletic you are. Um, Beth and I have enjoyed biking and skiing. She's just, you know, one of those women that's out every day, <laughs> you know, regardless of the weather. Um, she's very active. And um, we both recently, um, in the past year and a half or so, started playing golf, which is new. She also plays pickleball. Um, now, for, now remember that her um, stepfather and her mother were tennis players. <clears throat> so now I grew up playing tennis. I never liked it. I was never very good at it. And I, the next time I tried to hit a ball was when I started to play golf about a year and a half ago. And at any rate, we were out on the golf course the other day. <laughs> and <laughs> was, I, I have to say, quite impressed with Beth's swing and you know what she can do with a golf ball that I can't do and you have to you know just realize we're both beginners and not bragging about any kind of prowess but it really struck me about her basic athleticism um, um, and so um, as I reflected I thought wow this is you know it's different I'm active but it's I don't have the same fundamental um, wiring that she does and I was wondering you know with this stepfather coming in who is really a world-class athlete um, and very interested in athletics I wonder how he in particular might have influenced your development um, you know really as a girl and an athlete well you certainly had no choice but to learn how to play tennis <laughs> <laughs> you know at one point we had a court in the backyard um, 
Yeah, so that was that was certainly a, a given. I can remember him. Um, they got one of my brother's cross-country skis for Christmas and my brother going out the first time skiing them out the, the door. And uh, again, very rural, uh, but came back and he'd already broken his ski. <laughs> It's pretty funny, actually. Um, but, you know, he encouraged uh, us to be active. We grew up on a lake. It was like an instant playground. And also, I witnessed world-class athletes and athleticism in my cousins. And so during the summers, they would come uh, with their boat and they would water ski to train for mm. skiing right. um, during the summer months. So uh, that was also that was something that was very present to be in the out of doors. And that too, I was um, thinking about a recent story that one of my brothers told me about how my mother was quite the basketball player. Mm. And so she would ride. This was actually long before she met Pop. Um, she would ride up the hills to the school. And said, I, you know, I sat in between the handlebars. Of course, we'd never be able to do such a thing today. Um, it'd be mm. really looked down upon. Um, but at that time, and she'd pedal to go have her game of basketball. So it wasn't as, you know, mom had a certain amount of athleticism as well. And so I do have I learned at a young age, eye yeah. hand coordination. And I will remind you, I just started playing golf in June. Okay, well. <laughs> don't don't remind me of that, please. <laughs> when I compare your swing to mine. <laughs> but the other thing is, you mentioned from when you started playing pickleball recently, is that someone admired your backhand, or yes. at least yeah. And I was like, yeah, well then you must have played enough tennis with good coaching to develop, you know, um, a signature stroke as a, a tennis player, I could barely ever return a ball. So I was like, yeah, I thought, yeah. you know, this just gets kind of wired into you it now. Does. And something else I'm going to ask you about before we get to your, you know, just, I want to talk about just sort of the connections between your experience with Guy and your mom in the family and your, your marriage, your recent marriage. Um, but I also want to ask about, and I'm going to tell a tale, out, not a tale, I'm just going to tell something out of school, which is that I believe you've told me stories about being a somewhat rebellious teenager. How did Guy relate to that? He'd smoke pot with us and he'd say, no, I don't really like that. You know, I think I just, uh, I, yeah, probably had some learning challenges that at the time went unaddressed and I was often not really engaged in school so I did some extracurricular activities mm -hmm. and um, I just 
But I think sometimes the outsider parent can provide a buffer somewhat in the best of worlds. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I think that being the youngest and the only daughter, they always worried about me. Mm -hmm. um, when I married the first time, I can remember him saying, oh, what a relief, you know, that somebody else is <laughs> it's kind of like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, my dad but did the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And of course, that didn't didn't end so well. But then pan out. Um, no, how was he with yeah. and how was he with that when that marriage didn't turn out to be what you know at least your mom had expected or hoped and you too how was he guy was, during that time yeah it was very supportive i had to live with them for a period of time um he just you know he would often step in in sometimes some really kind of down time and coach me that it, it, it was going to be okay. And mm. he'd do what he could to help out and stand by me. Right. So he was really, which, uh, yeah. Which was huge. Yeah, it was um, really there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the other thing is there were, there was 12 years between my mom and pop and so he was a bit older. So he was an older step-parent as well mm -hmm. um, to our young family. And so as the years progressed, you know, he died when he was 86 and that was in um, 1998. So it was he he did get tired because he was older right Beth now you then remarried yeah I I took many years to remarry and by that time it was clear that I was I made a decision that having children was not gonna happen um in my life and I was really quite okay with that um, but I happened through circumstance to meet a man who was my senior um, uh, actually uh, he was 17 years my senior uh, and we dated for about three years he I, I met him after pop had passed, but my mom was still oh, living. Uh -huh. And so mom knew him. And then after her death, we broke up for a period of time in part because of the age difference um, and found our way back to one another and then decided to marry. And he also, my pop had this um, amazing kind of guttural laugh. And my dear husband, who unfortunately I um, lost to cancer um, two and a half years ago, also had that trait mm -hmm. and was also warm and very generous and um, 
uh, adoring, had an adoration for me that uh, that popped certainly, I mean, the father-daughter relationship was different, um, but uh, yeah, yeah, it pop was certainly very influential in my ability to choose Bernie, my right. second husband. Uh-huh. And, and yeah, so um, our time is just about running out. It's hard to believe how quickly this goes. But I think that that's another, you know, really wonderful thing about um, when the life circumstances lead to the, a second marriage is that, or, you know, a subsequent marriage for a parent is that it also provides a second, another model of relationship. Yes. Um, and I know that happened for me because my father and stepmother were like peas in a pod. Even my mother, you know, sort of could see like she thought, well, these are like, you know, they're just like each other. Right. Because she was not she and my dad were, you know, they complimented each other. They were not two peas in a pod. And it just gives you a whole different, you know, visceral sense of how, what relationship can be like, you know. And I, yes. I just want to acknowledge that, it, you know, we're talking about situations that were very positive. And you know it's not always that it's not always the case. No, and, but and I will just add quickly, Mercy, uh -huh. that I also had a wonderful stepmother, who my father uh -huh. married. Um, oh. So I, I had, uh, not that their relationship was anything like that of mom and pops, which was, I mean, I, I think they had. A, um just a different situation than my dad and stepmother but i had really wonderful step parents right and pop really raised me more than my biological dad did uh-huh yeah well he was yeah on on the scene yeah. um and just yeah and beth is a devoted father to her biological a daughter to her biological father we'll just sort of leave it on that note our time is up, Beth, and thank you so much for joining me today. Um, Absolutely. This is such a great, I love such a rich topic, and I, of course, have very fond memories of Guy. This is Mercy Russell with a Remarkable Relationship Show. My guest today has been my friend Beth, and we've been talking about family life, step parenting, um, and the, the benefits that can come from the experiences in a blended family. Um, thank you for joining us today and I'll see you next week.